Are you in Rotation City? We are. It is the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. Welcome back to the 74th edition of the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast. Welcome back first, the Iceman. Thank you, Billy. Welcome back to yourself. Cheers. And we've got a great guest on board this week. He's been on before. We welcome back Mika. Yeah, hi guys. Good to be back. Hi, Mika. Brilliant. Good to have you back, Mika, on the podcast. So we've got our usual list of game week fixtures coming up, 10 in total. First of all, let's see how the lads got on this week. Iceman, how'd you do? It's not a good week for me this week. I was nailed on for that Kane captaincy until the last minute. I thought, oh, I'll be a little bit daring and put it on Hazard. <clears throat> Turned out to be the wrong decision because obviously Kane got 16. Hazard did get yeah. me 10 points in the end, so it's more or less the same as Captain Lukaku, who I haven't got. Uh, ended up on 56, so yeah, not too bad, but not as uh, good as I hoped. Okay, so fairly, I suppose around the average, wasn't it, for you this week then, compared to uh, compared to others? Yeah, just six above average. Obviously, I had that Sterling didn't play, he was on the bench, Jesus was on the bench, came on for that one point, yeah. and Davis, who was on the bench, so he didn't play at all. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to be making some changes this week. Yeah, well, you, you were actually just above the average, so not terrible. Uh, Mika, how did you get on? Uh, I got 62 points. Uh Pretty okay. Captain also Lukaku, like probably everybody else. Thought about Kane, but I uh, went with safe, safe option with Lukaku, like I normally do. Pretty happy with it, to be honest. Yeah, so actually a good, uh, a good game, game week score again, well above the average there. I had one of my best weeks again this season, so after a couple of dismal weeks, I got 76. Uh, my big point scorers were Elliot and Goal. Cedric at the back, I Ramsey in midfield, uh, Richarlison and I captained Kane, which made a huge difference to a lot of managers this week. So uh, that's bumped me up the rankings a fair bit, which I'm very happy about. Hope to jump off that platform next week. Let's have a look at the mini league. In 10th place, we've got Hakuna Morata, Jamie Leslie. Ninth place, Berbashov, Andre Bergstrom. In 8th place, Dream Team United, Daniel Sh- uh, Never get this right. Shalapsky. Uh, seventh place, Red Devils, Daniel Kalim. Sixth place, 147 Elite, Adam Finn Campbell. Fifth place, Red Eagle, Thiago Costa. Um, I'm not reading the fourth place. Third place is Frederick FC, <laughs> Frederick Magnusson. Second place is Draper's Fantasy Team, Dean Draper. And first place is Alana Land. Demir tonight. No, I will read it actually. Fourth place, brilliant this week. I put it in the oven with. Chris Peacock, oh, textbook. Brilliant. Very brilliant. Good. This guy loves changing okay. his team name and his, his name as well every week. He's coming out of some you, What's the actual name of this bloke? I, don't, I have no idea. He, I remember he, he put his team name as Shut Up Iceman the first time and you read that out. And yeah, he keeps changing it since then. He's... I, I literally am like Ron Burgundy. If it's on the teleprompter, <laughs> I will read it. So, he got a nice um, score this week, 70 stuff. points. He, he did do very well. Yeah. There's a bit of a gap opening up at the top, 42 points there, so strong stuff from the Lana land. So, that, chaps, let's move on to the uh, the game week fixtures. Uh, we'll get right into it. And first of all, on Saturday the 28th, we've got an early kickoff, Manchester United against Tottenham Hotspur. We've got the arguably two of the best uh, strikers in Europe at the moment uh, coming up against each other head-to-head. 
kicking off with uh, Man United, I suppose the, the question here is going to be about Lukaku at the moment, as I know there's a lot of managers losing a little bit of faith in him. He's certainly one that I'm probably going to, or have rather, chosen to direct my transfer towards this week. Mika, as the guest, if you kick us off, who do you who do you like in this fixture? Yeah, all right. Uh, FPL-wise, probably the most intriguing one first. But this uh, this one is probably going to be a snooze fest on the field. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you some numbers from Jose Mourinho's teams versus the other top team, uh, top six teams in the past. Let's see if you can find some patterns here. United City, 1-2. Liverpool United, 0-0. Uh, Chelsea United, 4-0. All right, that's a bit weird. But then uh, United City, 1-0. United Arsenal, 1-1. Uh, United Spurs, 1-0. United Liverpool, 1-1. And so on, and so on, and so on. So, as you can see from there, they are really low-scoring games. Last time Mourinho's team scored more than two goals against the top side <laughs> is Chelsea against Spurs in 14-15 season. Uh, that game ended uh, 5-3 to Spurs, if I remember correctly. Uh, the last high-scoring game was on Champions League against PSG, the second leg, 2-2. So, as you can see, United is it's not scoring that much. You yeah. saw probably the game against Liverpool uh, a yeah. couple of weeks. Yes, uh, it was absolutely, game ever. Yeah, absolutely dreadful to watch. Problem with this fixture is is exactly Mourinho. They don't concede uh, at all, especially at home. They haven't conceded a, a goal at home yet this season. So looking at that, I'm definitely interested about their defen- uh, defensive assets. Absolutely no reason to bench or sell them if you have them. Good news for Phil Jones owners as he travelled with the squad to Cup game today. I don't know if he entered the field. He was on the bench, right? Um, yeah, he, he didn't start for them. Um, just looking now, he, yeah, he, he sat firmly on the bench. Just of note, Lukaku has been subbed on. Um, so, yeah, if you have Phil Jones, as many do, I would probably just play him. If he's going to be on the bench, then he's going to be on the bench and you will get a player from your bench in FPL. Yeah. Uh, they have one more hard picture after this one, but probably that uh, uh, probably after that uh, you would want to get a uh, uh, United defender in any case. But then then comes the problem that is on everyone's lips probably. <laughs> what to do with Lukaku? Yeah. Uh, personally, I kept him over my uh, wild card that I used a couple of weeks ago, uh, just because of that Huddlesfield game that they had last uh, last game week. It was again. Dreadful to watch. United were dreadful attacking-wise. Lukaku's expected goal stats from that and from Liverpool game was a 0-2.1, which is absolutely unacceptable for a striker that costs 11.5. Oh, no, 11.67, what is cost now? Yeah, I think it's uh, 1.7. Yeah, <laughs> that's totally unacceptable. With, with that price, you can, you have to get more. I think he's starting to have the same problem that he's having or that he used to have in Everton. Yeah. Uh, when Lukaku is not getting the ball, he starts drifting wide and he's not getting in the box. The assist that he got against Huddersfield, he was out wide crossing when he, he he's supposed to be in the middle scoring the goals. Yeah, I, I so that, for that's me, because against uh, Liverpool, he was like he barely had any touches. So he he just tried to get himself involved in the game. I think that's what he might be searching to do in these games. Yeah, exactly, exactly what I meant. So for me, with these upcoming two hard fixtures, uh, I, I would sell. I seriously would sell. You seriously have to get more out of uh, your big striker. Those stats are absolutely dreadful. 
I suppose the case is that people that do have him, I mean, I, did, I got rid of him in my wild card a couple of weeks ago. I'm glad he has because he hasn't scored much at all. He got the assist. But looking at these next two games, obviously, if you sell him now and then he doesn't he doesn't score in either of these games, but they've got some pretty good fixtures after that in Newcastle, Brighton, Watford. So you're kind of going to want him back for that. Look at the, the minutes per shot, which uh, they've got him on. They've got him on at 36 minutes per shot at the moment over the last four games weeks which is more or less double his average of uh, 18.8 across game weeks one to five so it just shows in the last four he has lacked quite a lot probably due to uh, losing Pogba like there's something that has affected United they don't seem to be as fluid as they were and they're not playing as attractive football going forward so Obviously, they're playing two big teams. Jose likes to shut up shop. I can just see a bus against Spurs, a bigger bus against Chelsea. They go away to them. So, uh, yeah, I can't see many points, even if Lukaku is going to score in one of these games. I can't see him scoring two goals against Spurs or two goals against Chelsea. So, yeah, if, you, if you look at the other options for around his price... Yeah, sorry. Uh, their their creative uh, stats are going uh, down. They're dipping all the time. Yeah, yeah. So if you look at the other options that you have to choose from, even probably Lacazette might be a better better option in terms of goals that he might score in the next two. I know you've got to think for the long term, but uh, I would may, mainly be looking at the short term as well for the next two. And if it was me, if I did have Lukaku, I would remove him for someone better. And uh, I am thinking about bringing him back in myself, but I might even wait until after that Newcastle game because I'm not 100% that United are going to be pulling all the strings and playing the football and creating the chances as they were before during game week one to five. Yeah, and if he's going to blank next game week, uh, he will probably drop again in price. So you would have to pay him 11.5 again for for him. Yeah, Yeah, I do do think um, it's a good point about Lukaku. And I think, Jim, you actually called it a few weeks ago to your credit. You said that now is a good time to get him out if he doesn't perform in these fixtures. So good stuff there. So we we talked a bit about Phil Jones there. I mean, what about uh, Spurs then? So Harry Kane really is the... Link with Real Madrid this week, for, probably for the first time, you're starting to perhaps hear clubs are seeing him as the real deal, not just the Tottenham man. Eriksen in fine form at the moment. Iceman, do you, do you see anyone of value from Tottenham? Well, I, I think everyone just needs Kane in their life. He got the most shots again in the last game week, and as shown on Match of the Day, he's now on 6.5 shots per 90 minutes. That's more than Lukaku, Morata and Aguero, who average four shots per 90. He's on 13 goals this season, eight in the league, uh, and he's got six away, so he's going away to United, so hopeful for more goals. He's on 25 shots on goal in the last four game weeks, which is double more than any other forward. He sits top four expected goals with a score of 3.04. I could list all these stats. You're probably getting bored yeah. by now, but he's he's just the man to have. It doesn't matter where he goes. You could even... I mean, some people were thinking about just set and forget the captain on him. What do you reckon of that? Just setting and forgetting your captain on him? Uh, well, totally viable. He's going to uh, score maybe 20, 25 goals this season, so totally viable. I'd never sort of just captain and forget, but I definitely think if there's anyone you can do it on, it would be uh, Kane this season, so I think he's a must-have now. I, I, I just think oh, against personally. United, because they properly know how to shut up shot, I think that they might actually shut shut this game out and it'll just be either a 1-0 
one all nil nil like Mickle said Jose sets up his teams really defensively so United's record just shows for itself I don't think there's going to be many goals it's going to be a bit of a ball fest I reckon okay yeah. anything else to add on Spurs gentlemen uh, just about Davis, I think he's going to play this week. Although yeah. he is still going to be that risk. Obviously, he got he was ill the week before last, and he got benched this week. But I do think he's going to play. Uh, whether or not he's worth keeping, I'm going to be removing him this week. But I still think that he could play. I mean, like no one knows. It's, it's very difficult to tell what these teams. I mean, you look at Pep. No one can can guess what team he's going to play. Even Potocino with these wing backs, he tends to change it whenever. And it's very difficult to tell whenever he's going to bench him. So for me, that's already too risky to remain in your team. So, yeah, he's gone for me. Okay. Well, um, let's uh, move it on then, chaps. So we're going into our our next fixture, which is later in the day. So Arsenal versus Swansea. The player I'm going to shout to start us off on this one, I've called a couple of times, but I think Aaron Ramsey's becoming the best 7 million midfielder um, in the game. He's playing regularly for Arsenal. He's fit again. And if I'm looking at his uh, his stats for the season, he's already scored uh, scored a couple of goals. He's made three. He's not picked up too much, too many bonus points. Sorry, I made a bit of a mistake there. But um, I do think it's seven million. I think he's absolutely nailed in that Arsenal midfield with them rotating the um, sort of the cup sides with the first team. I think as long as he's fit, Ramsey will be on the team sheet. The the other thing that I really liked um, watching the Everton game was just the amount of runs he's making beyond the attacking midfielders and the striker. That, that's what you saw a couple of seasons ago when he was scoring almost on a weekly basis. It kind of feels like he's got the freedom to do that. I, I, would, I would back that up. Yeah, I would back that up. But he just he can't finish his dinner sometimes. And he does get the chances, though. It's a bit like Salah. He gets a load yeah. of chances, but uh, he just well, misses one or two. It, it yeah, is frustrating. For, yeah, for example, against Everton, he had seven shots, six inside the box. Those sorts of numbers you expect Aguero to get. Yeah. He's against Everton, though. I mean, there's a shout. It's kind of an up and down one for me, Ramsey. He's uh, he can score high yeah. occasionally, but I mean, looking at only against a really weak team in Everton because he hasn't scored consistently for me enough to to bring him in. Not as good as the likes of uh, Richarlison at six point three. I think he's. Yeah, I think I think if you're if you're splitting hairs over the cost of it and you want to save a million, then yeah, Richarlison. You know, on form, you would say, but I've actually got them both in my team at the moment, and I think um, they both provide some decent value and allow you to fit in higher-priced players. Uh, I just think if you if you watch Ramsey in his form, it, it appears to be the Ramsey of old. Obviously, the counter-argument there as well is that he does have City away and then Spurs at home, but then Burnley and, and Huddersfield. So whether or not you would back him to score in those games, um, that's my shout from Arsenal. Uh, Mika, let me come to you. Who, who do you fancy in this fixture? I have to say uh, about Ramsey that personally, I think Arsenal need to get the possession to Ramsey to get points because he's a box-to-box player. He yeah. can't get points if he sits in uh, if, if he sits too deep. But uh, other than that, well, first time we saw Sanchez, like I said, uh, still together and it looked really good. Yeah. Uh, like you guys said, they have pretty pretty hard fixtures after this. But if I would have a punt transfer, for example, if I would use wildcard next uh, next game week, I would definitely look for Arsenal assets. Uh, someone like Lacazette or uh, Sanchez. Uh, Sanchez is really hard to fit in your team because of his value. He's so expensive, but, yeah. well, he's class. He's yeah, undeniable. I, 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 
Do, do we want another week of Sanchez? You know, he, he looked in great form. He looked very good when he played. Do we want another week of that? Or is it, is it time that we say, actually, let's get in on this early? A bit like the Hazard discussion recently. It's a difficult one with him because like, he's just so expensive. But he could be very profitable. I mean, like, he got the most points last season. I think it was like 30 points ahead of everyone else. So it just shows he is quality. He's, he's gone down to 11.8 now. I think he's always going to play. Uh, he didn't play in the game before last uh, due to interna- just coming back from international. But otherwise, I think he's going to start every game. It is hard. I mean, like we've not got some easy fixtures, so I reckon it's more of a, a wait and see on him because you're just committing so much cash to it and I just don't think it's going to be completely nailed on that he's going to score the goals like he did against Everton. Again, we've got to say it was against Everton. He did look good, though. We did play some really good attacking football. I mean, now Arsenal are playing with their best three players. It's surprising how you improve when your best players are on the pitch. I mean, Lacazette could probably be more of an option now. It's just he always comes off. He always comes off around 60, 70 minutes by... Normally it's for Giroud just to get some playing time. I don't know why he keeps bringing him off. It is quite frustrating. But if you have got Lacazette, I would hang on to him definitely, definitely for this game. He's probably even a captain option. Yeah, I I, I agree on that. He had uh, four shots against Everton all inside the box. That's what you want from attacker. A clinical finisher as well, Lacazette. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree with that. What what about uh, Arsenal's opponents then, Iceman? Who Who do you like from them, if anyone? Well, I wouldn't necessarily bring in anyone for for this particular game, but Mawson, he got his first goal. I think he got four goals last season. A bit too expensive for my liking. He's still got Norton at 4.6, but I don't know. They can uh, shut out teams, so who knows? They shut out Tottenham at Wembley, so they may be able to do it to Arsenal. They did allow six shots on target from Leicester, though. So, uh, yeah, it's... I wouldn't really go there. Carroll at 4.5, he got two shots and created two chances in the last game. So maybe hold on to him. He's probably that nailed on 4.5, which you probably need on your bench, just in case the City assets don't play. Yeah, again, I'm not jumping onto Swansea, but I agree, Morse in the long term might be an interesting one. We'll see how he fares. Mika, do you like anyone from Swansea? Um, well, if you want to use 3-5-2, uh, Abraham is a good enabler as an attacker. But uh, other than that, uh, no, Swansea is not scoring that much, so no. can't get any FPL points out of those. Uh, but I have to mention Fernandez. Every time Swansea uh, keeps a clean sheet, he seems to get a bonus points. So I, I would definitely jump on him instead of Norton. Everybody was buying Norton because he played wing, uh, as a wing back uh, in in game week one or two or three. I can't remember. But after that. He hasn't got anything. And as once he's not scoring, I don't think he will provide any attacking returns. So from that team, I would definitely uh, buy either one of those uh, centre-backs, either Mawson to get uh, attacking returns, maybe from set-piece, or Fernandez for those uh, bonus points. Speaking of uh, wing-backs, uh, just just quick one on class match. He seems to be having a bit of dip in form at the moment and doesn't seem to be the Alonso-type player that we're all hoping for. But um, if you do have him in your team, I won't re- remove him just yet, but I wouldn't necessarily opt to bring him in. Arsenal's defence isn't really good enough to warrant like a £6 million, uh, on one of your defenders, I don't think. 
I've, uh, I've actually got class and that's for myself, Iceman. I'm going to keep him this week for the sake of not uh, spending four points. But I, I agree. It's, uh, again, frustratingly hit and miss the Arsenal back line this season. Yeah, yeah. Quick one on Ozil. Sorry. Did play really well. Probably his best game he's played this season. Created eight chances and has got the most assists since 2013 since he's been in the Premiership. Yeah, so Ozil could be a good shout for the Arsenal. We'll have to see. But uh, moving on to another London, well, another two London sides, actually. We've got uh, Palace versus West Ham. Of course, West Ham going down 3-0 at home against Brighton over the weekend. Shocking result for them. That The luck isn't really changing for Palace. Iceman, I know before the podcast you were talking about Townsend. No, it wasn't really. It wasn't really. Um, <laughs> who, who do you like in this fixture? Um, no one really. Lanzini's not back, not Townsend. No, you, you were waxing lyrical about him before the podcast. <laughs> I knew you'd try and stitch me up. <laughs> anyway, Lan- Lanzini seems to be the one getting the most shots. I am keeping an eye on him. He's on free kicks. He got the most touches against Brighton. He looks the most involved. Yeah, five shots he got. So, but West Ham are just terrible at the moment. They lose. They lost three nil against uh, a promoted yeah. Brighton team. Uh, Crystal Palace, uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek was benched, but when he came on, he created a chance. But um, no, I I wouldn't actually bring Ruben, Ruben Loftus-Cheek in my wild card if I had a wild card uh, as a 4.5 option, because they seem to be has, starting with... Has uh, he done anything this season? No, he hasn't done anything. Loftus-Cheek, he's been a bit of an enigma, because it's like every, it's, it's, the price is great, he's playing number 10, and yeah. I keep hearing him mention as an enabler, but he's just doing nothing. Yeah, no, exactly. If, uh, if I had my wild card now, I'd probably go Tom Carroll over Loftus Cheek uh, at that 4.5 option. Uh, he got an assist in a cup. He lost to Bristol again. 4-1, but he got an assist. Okay, yeah, so he's done, he's done one thing. So, okay. Uh, Mika, can you, anyone else in this fixture that you like at all? Nah, to be honest, no. Uh, watching Palace is like watching Finnish national team under Hudson, except <laughs> instead, of, in, instead of Littmann and they have Saha. So, absolutely no. <laughs> Right, I don't think we should waste too much time on this fixture. Then let's move on to Liverpool against Huddersfield. Now, the question for Liverpool at the weekend was, are they going to challenge for the title this season? Big game against Spurs, and they came up considerably short. Playing against a Huddersfield side that got a fantastic result against Manchester United. So I don't think this one is going to be clear-cut at Anfield. Mikel, I'll let you kick us off on this one. What, what do you think about this fixture? Uh, uh, to be honest, I don't really know what to think about this fixture. Uh, Liverpool's output has tried up uh, yet again without Mane. First, yeah, first three game weeks, their expected goal stats was over six with him. Yeah. Uh, means you're going to expect two goals per game. Well, last two fixtures without Mane, their expected goal has been 1.77. So uh, a huge drop there. Uh, okay, they played also United and Spurs, so that affects it, but still... Salah will probably be near the top in captain balls this game week. Uh, and I can't really argue against him. He's really consistent this season, seems to get a lot of shots. And overall, a really good player. Uh, against Spurs, he had three shots all inside the box and created two chances. Against United, four shots, two inside the box, created again two chances. So Salah, really, really solid shout, uh, shouts. Yeah. Quite many have been rooting for Coutinho, and if you compare Coutinho's stats to Salah's stats, Coutinho had two shots also against Spurs, but they were both outside. He created one chance, and against United, again, two shots outside and one chance. 
So if you compare to those guys, I would definitely lean towards Salah. Just because Coutinho doesn't get uh, into the box enough. And he's shooting those crazy wild shots outside the box that has pretty pretty low expected goals rate. And he looks like the fourth man for, for Liverpool this season over Coutinho. Iceman, what, what do you think about Liverpool? Yeah, we've got a couple of questions on there. Carlos Faria has just put, uh, he loves the show. Thank you, Carlos. Just put, uh, is it worth not investing in Liverpool until Manny comes back? Well, uh, listening to what Mick said just there about the expected goal, maybe it's not, but you're looking at uh, some tough teams they've been facing. I still think that they are a good attacking force. And Salah, he's always going to get chances for me. He hasn't really disappointed much at all this season. He just seems to be missing big chances. And that seems to put people off just in removing him. You've got to see that he did score in the last game. Albeit a little dodgy one, he kind of got a little bit lucky with it. But I still think that they've got some good assets there. We also had Red Eagle say that Liverpool attacking force this week. What about Gomez in for Davis? Is that a suicide move? What do you reckon on that one, Mika? Uh, I wouldn't touch any Liverpool defenders. Uh, I still see nightmares about my transfer two days ago when I transferred Moreno in. Absolutely <laughs> dreadful. Yeah, but people are looking at uh, him they as have well. No idea. Yeah. Uh, well, Liverpool—they have no idea how to defend, and they have conceded 16 goals already. What's it, uh, which is sixth most most of all teams. Yeah, Lovren at, at the back is just not good. Yeah, I still can't see why they didn't um, didn't invest in another centre half for the transfer window. Yeah, I suppose the only thing is here is that they have kept a few clean sheets this season and they have got some really good fixtures in Huddersfield, West Ham and Southampton. So they could keep some clean sheets. Like I'm I'm actually considering Gomez as my 4.5 option. Mm-hmm. I need to get rid of Davis and I've been looking at uh, Kiko Firmino and Duffy, but maybe Gomez is this hidden gem which we're all missing. Played the last four games, 90 minutes each of them. He's been playing against the big teams and the small teams. So it looks like Alexander Trent Arnold might just be used for the Champions League for some reason. So I reckon that he could be a good punt if you're willing to take it, but there is an element of risk to it. Um, we also had another question regarding Liverpool, a few people were asking about them. John L. Thompson is asking, how much do you sacrifice to get Salah slash Coutinho? A point hit, Ericsson, a City mid. What would you do to get one of these players in, Bully? Uh, I wouldn't get rid of Ericsson. I wouldn't sacrifice a City midfielder, which leaves the option of a minus four, which I don't think is necessary. So I think stick for this week or whatever you got. You can stay off, Mika. Yeah, that's a really hard thing to do. Um, what, well, to be honest, I'm in that situation also. I don't have Salah, but I, I really want him. The only way I can get him is with hits. I don't know if I want to take it. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? I, I still think he's going to get a goal this game. I know Huddersfield played well against United, but you know, it was just a couple of mistakes in United's defence. Also, if the rumours are true that Salah is on penalties, it's absolutely huge. Yeah, that is huge if he is. Because I didn't I didn't get him in for my wildcard because uh, I thought that he was going to blank in these two games. Obviously, he scored in the last game. Yeah, I do kind of want him back. Um, I've got Hazard at the moment. I'm going to hold on to him for this week. But I, I wouldn't necessarily go a hit because I'm, I'm trying to be... I'm trying to stay away from hits this year, but... If I had the likes of maybe uh, Ericsson, I would consider it because uh, Tottenham got some difficult games coming up. Maybe Ericsson. I would I would think about Ericsson, but um, I'm, it's your decision, <laughs> not ours. 
Well, we've got their opponents to talk about still. Uh, Huddersfield, great result against United over the uh, the weekend. Mika, is there anyone that you think would, would provide benefit against Liverpool, maybe in an attacking sense? Uh, the fixtures look pretty hard going forward, so I, I personally wouldn't bring them any in. I can't see them keeping any clean sheets, especially on this one. And to be honest, I can't see any consistency in the attacking assets also. Moyes is the only one, but I can't see him getting getting consistent points. Yeah, they they have done well, Huddersfield, but they have dipped recently. I think they got quite lucky due to uh, defensive mistakes in the last game. But if you look at their combined points, it's actually the best return for newly promoted sides in over a decade. So Newcastle, Huddersfield and Brighton all doing really quite well for, for promoted teams. Yeah, I think uh, it's been a great performance by them so far. Wagner can take a lot of credit for the way he's set them up. Let's move on to our next fixture, guys. Watford versus Stoke. Watford gave a really good count of themselves against uh, Chelsea over the weekend, but went down 4-2 in the end. Stoke with it with a terrible result by their standards. The one on everyone's lips, I think, for, for Watford is going to be Richarlison. Now, he missed those two sitters, but still provided an assist. He does look a handful going forward. And, and like I said, if Ramsey isn't your seven million, then Richarlison is it six point three? I think you said Iceman for Richarlison. Yeah, six point three. Yeah, yeah. He, he's yeah, nearly every game you're noticing some kind of contribution from him, uh, and I really like this fixture at home against Stoke with the way Watford have been playing. So Richarlison would be my shout for this one. Iceman, have you got anyone that you'd add from Watford? Uh, yeah, just to talk about Richarlison, really. I mean, he's got he's got eleven shots inside the box, which is. Uh, the best out of all the midfielders at the moment over the last four game weeks. Uh, so he's overtaken yeah. Salah there. He got six attempts against Chelsea, three inside the box. That's against a decent team. And he's the furthest forward on the heat maps for Watford. So he's the main man to have. He's potentially a Mares of t- two seasons ago for me. I'm definitely bringing him in. I do advocate that other people do get him in. A lot of people looking at captain options this week against this Stoke team. I'm just going to say that Stoke have got Shawcross back. I know he's not the the greatest, most uh, elegant player in the world, but he does bring some structure back to their team and he provides a bit of organisation in there because Wimmer's not an option anymore, 4.4. So he didn't have the greatest game in the last game. I think he gave away a penalty, in fact, but he could provide some stability to that Stoke team, which they do need. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you're right. Shawcross does bring an element of leadership, so it might not be so cut and dry this one. But I do think that there's goals here for Watford. What what about you, Mika? What do you think? Yeah, definitely get on the bandwagon of Richarlison. He looks absolutely brilliant. I saw some reports that some ex-player was comparing him to young Cristiano Ronaldo. (laughs) Yeah, that that tells you a lot. Um, Yeah, yeah. so Iceman uh, t- told you some stats already, but I'll definitely get him in. Watford haven't got a clean sheet in a while, but looking at the start of the season, Kiko Feminia looks to get looks to get bo- bonuses when they do get one. So I think uh, he's probably the best asset from the uh, defense line. Yeah, I was comparing all the 4.5 options because I'm trying to downgrade Davis and upgrade March to. Um, Richardson and I did look at Kiko Firmino and he seems to come out best on the stats in terms of crosses into the box and bonus points and involvement etc I mean like Duffy was one I was comparing him to because he's had like six shots this season so 
I have been looking at him as well. It's just, in a way, I, d- I don't really want to double up on that Watford team because as soon as the the fixtures get rough, it could get, you know, I'll have to move them both out. But <clears throat> I don't know. It, I'm still thinking about it. I'm looking at this going there's Duffy and uh, Kiko Firmino options. Either one of them, for me, are very viable. Okay, is that enough said on that one, chaps? Anyone to add? Yeah, yeah, I can go over the Stoke, Stoke stuff. Yeah. Um, they have good run of fixtures coming up. Uh, Stats-wise, uh, this Jupa Moting looks pretty interesting. He's had 40% goal involvement, averaging 5.1 penalty area touches, 3 goal attempts and 2.2 inside the box per game. His shot heat map shows also that he's shooting from really good positions. So I'm definitely looking at him. Also, Duf at 5.5 has also scored in three consecutive games. He could be a really good differential enabler. He has only 3% ownership also. The the only negative on Duf is that he, he did go back to that wing-back defensive role, but I think he is getting played further forward now, isn't he? He did start off at that wing-back role, but now I think he's being moved further forward. So yeah, could be a potential option. He seems to get another scrappy goal. The goals he seems to score just kind of get deflected in or hit off someone. So I don't know if it's going to be sustainable to his shots-to-goals ratio. Okay, so potential Stoke option there, and like you say, with the fixtures moving forward, I do think you know we can we can keep an eye on there. More attacking options. I'm still waiting for the rise of Shakiri. I don't think it's ever going to happen. No. Okay, let's move on to West Brom versus Manchester City. Uh, City, you know, seemingly struggling for the uh, the first part of their last fixture, but all of a sudden just pulling out three goals. You know, well on the way to to champion material, I think. Uh, with the back four holding up well again for them um, against a West Brom side that, again, probably been a bit disappointing this season by Pula standards. So I suppose the big question is, do you gamble on City players or not? Mika, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, well, first of all, uh, West Brom is sinking, abandoned the ship immediately. <laughs> They're leaking silly goals and not scoring, so absolutely, they'll sell, sell. Uh, also, horrible fixtures coming up. So if you have any any West Brom assets, definitely sell. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, then, City. Oh, man. I think everyone has talked about City quite a lot lately. <laughs> After seeing their cup lineup, I have no idea who will play, to be honest. Can we all just did City assets and pretend that team doesn't exist, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I wish. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, if you get uh, or got carried away earlier and went with the triple City attacking assets... I think it's a bit too much, but if you uh, have a couple like many do, just make sure that your bench can take the occasional benching from Pep. Uh, I would say nobody nobody is safe uh, from rotation. I'm, I'm pretty sure that even Kevin De Bruyne and Silva will get benched at some point. I think you've got a case for the defenders, though. I mean, company just never seems to be coming back. And I've got the, the two attackers for City in, in terms of Sterling and, and Jesus at the moment. But I've got Stones as well. He was on the bench for the cup game. I don't know if he came on, but um, I'm assuming that him and Otamendi... Otamendi wasn't in the team, so he seems like he would be nailed on. They are good in defence as well. They, you know... We can say it over and over every podcast, but they are the best team that I've seen in the Premiership so far this season. Uh, they seem to be scoring goals at will. Even the Park Bus and Burnley, they seem to be able to get round it. They still had loads of opportunities. They could have got five or six, to be honest. They ended up getting three. And uh, again, yeah, the points were spread. 
but I do think you still need at least two attacking assets here. If you have got three, then yeah, leave them, leave them be, but you, like Mika says, you will need some people on your bench that are playing just to cover it, because they could score you like 13 points this week, but next next week they might not even play, so you'll need that two two points from Tom Carroll off your bench just to, just to help you out that little I, bit more. I do think we'll see the big hitters... I think you'll see Aguero and um, Jesus return to the attack and Sterling this week, just so they don't have the Champions League. Well, this is the thing with the the formation that they play. They're, at the moment, they're, they're playing the 4-3-3 formation, uh, whereas when Mendy was playing, they had uh, the wing-backs, and then they were playing Jesus and Aguero up top, whereas now yeah. it's a little bit hit and miss whether they are going to play I think they're still going to start with Aguero and probably play Jesus out on the left I mean I'm hanging on to Jesus I'm hanging on to Sterling I'm hoping they're both going to play I don't know how long Sterling and Jesus got in this game in the cup game I'm just going to have a quick look so are you saying that Pep is going to rotate Sané in the next match if Jesus is playing on the left well, it's a difficult one with Sane, really, because he played 90 minutes against Stoke. He then played 90 minutes against Napoli, and then he played 90 minutes against Burnley. He has been rested this game, but he has come on in extra time. I'm assuming that he's just going to play. So you can't second-guess Pep. It's difficult to tell who's going to play in this team. No one actually knows. You've just got to kind of use what logic you've got to mind. But whether or not that's going to work, like you just don't know. You can't you can't tell who's going to play. It's what? very difficult. But for my eyes, I reckon you I... just keep the players and then just um, hope for the best. Just just one thing. Just Sorry, almost to critique myself and what I just said. I'm just looking at the team they fielded against Wolves tonight in the Carabao Cup. So, playing you, of interest, you've got Sterling, Aguero, Jesus uh, have all started. Now, Jesus went off for 82 minutes. Aguero is still on the field heading into extra time. De Bruyne, Stones and Walker have all come on. So, I'm just dangling that there for people to be aware of. So, obviously, that's no David Silva. Gundogan starting in midfield with Torre. And at the back, Mangala's having a game. So... With Danilo. So, yeah, I don't know if that tells us they're not going to play over the weekend, but if you were cautious before, you may be a bit more concerned now. Yeah, it's difficult. I think your main options here are probably uh, from defence. I think Otamendi, five attempts inside the box, which is only second to Yoshida in the last four. He's probably the main option, which you kind of definitely know who's going to play the next game. Otherwise, everyone else, you just don't know. It's, it's too difficult. Just whilst we're on the uh, the League Cup ice, man, I can tell you that Arsenal are beating Norwich in extra time. But the reason I say that is because a well-known player for Arsenal has scored the goal. Do you know who it is? Yeah, I saw who it was. I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, you know, do you? Uh, no, uh, I don't. No. I don't even know how to say his no. name. No, nor do I. It's Edward Nketiah. <laughs> Good work. Do you know what? I'd be more than happy to hear some tweets telling me how to say that properly for the next time he gets they uh, gets a run out but yeah, on the, on the uh, star in the making so, no doubt yeah right where were we we were talking about some kind of a football match uh, West Brom versus City yeah, I think City. the message here really is sell, sell the, the, the summary I've got here lads is sell 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 West Brom and City at your own risk yeah I think it is um, I, I do think there's still good options I did have a question from uh, at 90s Raver he's just put Jesus or Aguero is it time to drop Lukaku um, what would you do, Mika? If you had Lukaku, in fact, you've got that conundrum, haven't you? <laughs> Are you going to yeah, drop Lukaku for Jesus or Aguero? Well, yeah, you tell me what to do. Um, <laughs> I was about to do Lukaku to Aguero, but to be honest, I have no idea. 
It is very difficult, isn't it? You've just got to commit to it. Like it's a gambling game, I've, so you've got to gamble. I've um, I've actually had to make that transfer myself. So I my transfer this week has been Lukaku to Aguero. Ah. Just with way he was on penalties in the last game, I think you know he still is the main man for City. I um, you know with Jesus, but I think uh, with the form he's been in this season as well, it's a good shout. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, at, at, I think I think he's the most explosive one also. So. If you think about that from that perspective, I think he's the best player to own from then. Yeah, out of the two, I, I would go Aguero. Um, so there you have it at 90s Rover. You can blame Bully if uh, that doesn't work out for you. I'll take that one. Right, let's move on to Bournemouth versus Chelsea then. And Chelsea playing like champions to grind out a 4-2 win against Watford when they looked like they had their backs to the wall. Good result for Bournemouth over the weekend. Iceman, I'll come to you first on this one. Who do you like in this fixture? Well, Chelsea not playing great at the moment, are they? But um, what about Pedro then? He seems to have gone... Pedro was going to be Michael. Yeah, I like the look of him. Yeah, he's gone under the radar of it. Great goal. And uh, then he got an assist for the Batman. That was a great cross he put into the boss. It's, it's, it's just a shame he always gets taken off. It's a bit like that Lacazette where he's, yeah. if you put him in, you just got to expect him to be rotated. But going for a cheaper price than Hazard, I can see him being being quite a good option. Uh, Aspilicueta involved in more goals than any yeah, other defender so, oh, sorry mate no I was just going to say I really agree with that I think um, we talked about Alonso a lot earlier in the season but Aspilicueta where uh, Conte seems to like to rotate him between being one of the central three or being a, a wing back and I think over the course of the season you're going to see real potential in terms of clean sheets but also like providing you know crosses headers he, he's really I think he's turning into the Alonso of the season to some extent so I really like him. Go on, nice man. Yeah, he got he got three attempts in the last game. He created three chances as well. So yeah, I can see him being a better option than than Hazard, who is currently in my team. But Hazard does look up for it. He had the most dribbles in the last game week, although he didn't have any shots on goal. He did create those four chances. So I am kind of hoping for something for this game um, against Bournemouth. But I don't know, Bournemouth can be a very stubborn team and even Francis seems to be playing quite well at the moment. I know that Josh Josh King might be back for this game as well. Stanislas, going to mention him again. He is on penalties and I, I normally shout him every week. He is also on corners. A lot of people should be looking at him as more of a differential, but because I'd rather say around his price bracket, I'd rather go with Charleston. But maybe just as a differential one, if you're looking for something different for your team, go Stanislas. Because I can probably see Bournemouth getting a goal here. Yeah, I think um, tonight as well, Stanislas was actually rested for. Uh, for Bournemouth, didn't play against Middlesbrough, and he wasn't on the bench either. I don't think that's because he's injured. So, so yeah, possibly we could see Stanislas returning to the fray. Mika, what do you think about this fixture? Interesting one. Uh, yeah, I agree totally what you guys said. But uh, you have, uh, I just saw in the cup game that Callum Wilson is also back for Bournemouth. Yeah, so it might. Oh, sorry. So I just say he's just got a penalty. So yeah, I just saw that Callum Wilson is back uh, for Bournemouth. So it could affect the attacking line uh, quite a bit. Other than that, uh, Bournemouth have fantastic run of fixtures coming up after this Chelsea game. So I'm definitely watching this game closely. Danislas on penalties looks promising, like you said. And everyone knows what Daniels, Daniels is all about. And he offers pretty good attacking potential. And I think he's dropping in price again, right? How is he? Uh, I haven't seen yeah. that. It wouldn't be bad. It would be at 4.8 if he drops again. Yeah. For that price, brilliant value. 
Yeah. yeah, and well, the problem with Chelsea is that they have to play Man United after this game week. So I'm not too excited about the assets either. Uh, Morata got only 60 minutes in last game and he, and he didn't look very so sharp. Uh, Hazard, still a really big punt for me. Expensive one. Like you said, didn't have any shots. Seven penalty touches and three goal attempts doesn't really cover that price tag. Well, other than that, I still have Fabregas in my team. I punted on him with my wild card. Well, it didn't pay off, but he hit the crossbar. He had a couple good chances, but I'm still trying to get a rid of, rid of him after this game week. See, I, I don't From know the if defense, you should like, there, mate. Sorry, I'm just going to cut in now. I don't know if you should, because he got an assist for you in the game which you brought him in for. He created three chances in this last game. Had um, two, yeah, two had attempts one, on goals. Brilliant chance. He also had one brilliant chance that he should board in last game. Yeah, exactly. So, whenever he plays, he does seem to get into the points in FPL, so... I wouldn't necessarily say move him out. I reckon he, he could get something because he seems to be nailed at the moment with Kante out. I wouldn't necessarily say get rid unless you have some better option like Richarlson to choose from. Yeah, I'm not probably going to get rid for this game week, but uh, for the long run, I'm going to get rid, surely. Yeah. Okay. And, well, about their defense assets, uh, Aspilicueta, his expected goal stats are equal to Alonso, so he's definitely a better pick at the moment than Alonso is. Okay. Do you think that's enough said on this one, chaps? Any, any more players jumping out? Oh, just that we had a question from A underscore four quit. He's just putting Alonso. Who is the question? Oh, sorry. He's just put Alonso to who is the question? See, who would you get if you have Alonso? Who who would you swap to at the moment? I think the, the best option at the moment is probably Otamendi. What do you guys reckon? Yeah, I would definitely go for Ottoman United later after this hard two fixtures. Yeah, Billy? Yeah, I think Ottoman played consistently. He's provided some attacking returns. Um, if you still want some Chelsea, like I spoke about just a minute ago, I do like Aspilicueta. Cool, yeah. Okay, chaps, well, that covers Chelsea versus Bournemouth. Let's move on to our next fixture, which is going to be Brighton versus Saints. What a goal by Buffal for the Saints over the weekend. Probably one of the best uh, solo efforts their fans have seen since Matthew Letizier, Brighton as well, providing an interesting start to the season. Jim, if you want to kick us off on this one, who do you like in this fixture? Well, I chose to go Cedric over Virgil van Dijk, and yeah. Virgil van Dijk seems to be racking up the bonus points. So that's one of my regrets this season. I do think Virgil van Dijk is making that defence a little bit more secure. He's played a few games now, so I can see them in the easier fixture, like this one, keeping a clean sheet. Brighton haven't had the best attacking stats so far this season. I know they got three goals in the last game, but I think just West Ham just gave up halfway through. If you're going to go a Brighton player, it's got to be Gross, really. He created two, two chances against West Ham. His stats aren't amazing, but whenever they score Brighton, it seems to be through Gross. So he would be the one I would choose at the moment at 5.6 if you're going for a, just a, a budget-ranked midfielder. But I still think Southampton are going to keep a clean sheet. I've got Cedric on... I'm hanging on to him. I'm hoping for a, for a clean sheet from this one. Yeah, this game looks like low scoring on paper, definitely. Mm. Uh, from Brighton, uh, Duffy probably the safest choice also in the back line. And like you said, Cross the only choice from the attack. Definitely worth a punt in the next three. They have pretty good fixtures coming up. Yeah, see, it's the, it's the Duffy option which I've been considering. Bully, what do you reckon about Duffy? Do you reckon he's a, a viable option, 4.5? 
I'm just not confident long term in terms of Brighton consistently keeping clean sheets. Although as a rotation player, I think he's he's a good choice. Our four million options in Mbemba and Mariapa, I don't think are going to be particularly long term and haven't shown to be good in the last few weeks. I think he's he's probably one of the next best things. He's in the same bracket as Firmino, who we spoke about earlier. And at the moment, I'd probably go for him over Duffy. Yeah, he's got eight attempts on goal this so far this season, so he has got an attacking output. Yeah, that's a good point. So it sounds like Brighton versus Saints, unless Mika's got anything to add, we're only looking at a couple from this one, more defensive options. Yeah, well, Southampton have a couple of good fixtures coming up, but after that, they have absolutely dreadful fixtures coming up. So <laughs> probably play the, the, in these uh, upcoming two game weeks and then start shipping out. They are, they are pretty good defensively, but still not worth keeping all their fixtures. Yeah, I think that's a word of warning, isn't it? In terms of uh, short term, not such a bad fixture. Long term, though, um, not looking great. I do agree with the Iceman, though. V, um, VVD does appear to have uh, shored up that back line quite nicely. So uh, more to be seen from the Saints. Next fixture we're looking at is Leicester versus the now managerless Everton. So the sacking of Ronald Koeman. Whether that's short-sighted or not remains to be seen. But the, the player I'm going to kick us off with, chaps, to speak about is... I mentioned him on the podcast a few weeks back and I wasn't so much shot down, but there were lots of arguments against him. 5.6 million. I think Okazaki is still a great enabler. Um, You can see all the averages in terms of his uh, minutes this season, averaging around 70, but four goals already, five in all competitions. In terms of the bonus points as well, he's clocked up four this season, so not loads. But I still think... You know, particularly when Leicester are playing at home as well. He's a nice enabler, so to speak. He does seem to be preferred over the other strikers that Leicester have. Uh, Ian Acho, of note, did play tonight in the League Cup. So, Iceman, anyone from Leicester that you'd shout? Well, I've still got Vardy, but he's just not providing the points for me at the moment. Still manages to get a few chances per game. He created two chances in the last game too, but he did miss a one-on-one. Yeah, he always manages to get in there and create something. So I'm hanging on to him for one more week, I think. But yeah, like you say, I think Okazaki is probably coming, becoming one of the best cheap options. It's just you are very wary about this in the actual whether he's going to start. And they've got a new manager coming in. You don't know what they're going to do. So I wouldn't necessarily invest in them. Mares has started to look good again. He should have got two assists, really, because he set up Vardy for his one-on-one. And it was a very measured pass for the first assist, which he got in the last game. So who knows? He could look like last year's form, but I don't know. It's all with ifs and buts for me at the moment. And uh, ifs, buts, yeah. yeah, their fixtures are kind of up and down. So I wouldn't necessarily bring any of their players in. What about you, Mika? What do you think of this word? Well, first of all, I have to say about Okasaki that... If you buy a cheap enabler, uh, you want that he's nailed on and he starts every game. Can you say that about Okasaki? No, maybe not. Yeah, that's a problem. If you buy a cheap guy, you really want him to play if you really need him from from the bench. That is, his only purpose is to play, to get you there to maybe, maybe one odd goal here and there. But uh, other than that, enabler should play always. But uh, other than that, from this picture, you never really know what teams do when they sack the manager. And, well, these both teams just sack their manager. The most common thing is that they tighten up their defense. So I'm expecting pretty low-scoring game on this one. <laughs> these both teams need a lot of monitoring. So personally, I, I'm not fancying either one of them. I still have Wadi in my team, and I think he's the best still in that price bracket. 
a lot better than Firmino at least. He's still getting into those shooting areas, like like Iceman said. And well, Mahrez has provided in the last two games, but his price is really awkward at the moment. Hard to fit 8.5 uh, midfielder into your team at the moment. Yeah, you'd have to get rid of the likes of Salah or Eriksen for someone like Mahrez. And for me, it was too big a risk to take. You've still got Simpson yeah, exactly. there, haven't you? Have you still got him? Yeah, I have him. Uh, he- I build that uh, back line of uh, three, four point five players. So I have Simpson rotating. Yeah, are you playing him this game? I, I don't really know. I have a couple of good defensive options. As I I have Otamendi, Davies, Ward, Kiko Firmino, and Simpson. So all of those guys have pretty good fixtures. Oh, yeah. So I don't know to be honest. Oh, tough one. Yeah, at the moment I'm playing Ward, Davies, and Otamendi, but hard call to be honest. Which but I'm still expecting a li- really low scoring game on this one. Yeah, I have to, I have to agree. It's uh, like you say. I think you'll see them shutting up shop just to try and get some stability back. Well, let's move on to our final game, chaps. Burnley versus Newcastle. Mika, uh, you went last last time, so I'm going to come to you first on this one. Who do you like in this fixture? Again, for me, this game screams uh, nil-nil. <laughs> yeah, you're Four line. <laughs> I think match of the day highlights is going to be pretty boring as all the games are going to be <laughs> nil-nil. <laughs> what, what an advertisement. Yeah, this is mm. the Premier League. Yeah, but seriously, I I just can't see where Burnley goal should come or could come. Ted Pease is the only opportunity. Uh, Brady is not the threat anymore. I think he switched flanks, and that's why his threat has gone down. Yeah, um, he, he was the man to have about four game weeks ago. Now everyone's really put off him. He's not doing anything, isn't he? Nope, absolutely nothing. So uh, I don't know what's the situation with Wood. He's seventy-five uh, percent on FPL page. Yeah, he's got a hamstring injury, I think it was. Um, he might be all right, though, I think. I think it's probably best check Ben Dinnery on Twitter, at Ben Dinnery, if you have got wood, just to see um, <laughs> if you have got wood, just to see if he's uh, recovered. I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to say anything. It was, you said. <laughs> but yeah, uh, like I said, I just can't see where the goals could come for Burnley. Well, we're... Um, Newcastle only having Yotelu up front and no one else. I think I'm going to play Ward in this game. I'm hoping for a Burnley shutout because even though they did let in three against Man City, I thought they actually still played quite well defensively. They were working solidly throughout the game. They're never going to shut out City, not with that attacking, but you know Newcastle are not City. So I could probably see a clean sheet here. Yeah, I think yeah, it's a good shout. Yeah, I'm, I'm also going for Ward. I've still got Ben Mee in my team, so he's going to play for me. But I think that the message there is defensive players for this one. Yeah. Okay. Chaps, that brings us to the end of our 10-game week fixtures, and I believe that the Iceman might be needing a comfort break. Absolutely dying for a piss. Prepare for elevator music. And after that relaxing comfort break, I can summarise what we've just talked about for the last hour or so. First of all, United versus Spurs. We spoke about Caden Eriksson for Tottenham and Davis, but also Jones still seems like a good value bet for United. We're not so keen on Lukaku with his form at the moment. And then Arsenal versus Swansea. So we spoke about Ramsey, Lacazette, and if you fancy an early punt and bandwagon, potentially Alexis Sanchez for Swansea. 
No one for this fixture really, but more than Abraham moving forward could be good cheaper options. Palace versus West Ham didn't really get us too excited, although um, Iceman noticed some good stats for Lanzini. Liverpool versus Huddersfield. We've got Salah as the main man amongst all their attacking talent. And also Gomez as a potential cheap price defender for them. Uh, Watford versus Stoke. Richarlison is the man at the moment, but also a cheap price Kiko Firmino at fullback. Chupo Moting for Stoke also has some good stats this season and is cheap in midfield for attacking returns. West Brom versus City. Really a bold message for both sides. Sell your West Brom players and... Um, Pick City players at your own risk. We do like Aguero slightly more than Jesus at the moment, or that was me, rather. Bournemouth versus Chelsea. We spoke about Pedro. Azpilicueta is providing some really good attacking and defensive points. Oh, hello. <laughs> it was Mika that um, disappeared. Shall I keep going? Um, well, yeah, keep, keep going. Okay. Uh, Hazard and Fabregas also for them look good Brighton versus Saints Cedric and Virgil van Dijk defensively for Saints look very good Gross and Duffy are the big performers for Brighton this one looks like a nil-nil so we can, uh, we can, we're looking for the defensive returns here Leicester versus Everton Okazaki uh, we spoke a little bit about although not guaranteed to play all the time Vardy seems to be the best player in terms of his price range Mares looks good but again we want to see some more returns and finally, Burnley versus Newcastle. Really defensive in this one. Elliot looks good. Me and Ward as defensive options with both sides. Nice sum up, Bill. Simply lovely. <laughs> right. Do you want to get Mika back? Yes. Okay, chaps, we need a skipper for the, uh, for the next game week. We've already talked about leaving the armband on Kane, but I'm actually thinking of moving it to Aguero for this week, and I've already taken that Ooh. step. Iceman. Yeah, I kind of want to risk a, a City asset against West Brom. They've conceded 38 shots within the last four game weeks, which is third out of all the teams. So I'm thinking about putting it on J- Jesus just to be daring just because I haven't got many good options I'm not gonna I don't think I'm gonna captain Hazard again I think I got a little bit lucky with his assist in the last game I don't think he's gonna score much but uh, could put punt on Vardy as well I don't know I'm I'll decide last minute and then probably make the wrong decision lovely and uh Mika uh to be honest I have no idea hold on my my dog is going crazy at the moment uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> to be honest I have I have no idea uh, probably if I, if I'm gonna bring Salah, he's one option. Kane is one option. Uh, after seeing City play Wolves and going on to penalties, I don't think I can uh, captain any City assets. No, so okay. um, yeah, so pro- probably Salah the best bet. Salah, I like it. Go for a midfielder. Okay. Right. Let's hear what you've been asking in this week's Twitter questions. Thank you, Billy. We've got one from Stonefish. He's just put, rather than consistently swapping forwards depending on who scores, I'm thinking of just sticking with Lukaku, Jesus and Kane. Is that risky? What do you reckon of that, Mika? Well, in a sense, it is. In a sense, it's not. With big forwards, they can score against anybody, but I still think I would like better attacker with a good fixtures ahead. If someone gets a bad run of fixtures of those, uh, I still think I would change someone out. But it's totally a viable tactic to, to go on. 
Yeah, I I hate the tactic because that implores that you can actually just set and forget your team for the whole season, which I hate and I think you should be involved. In the, the game is fun and you've got to kind of get involved and, you know, do some changes, look at the fixtures, work out some stats and I hate that. Don't do that at all. Bully, what do you reckon? Agree. Bad form. Very bad form. Yeah, come on. Let's play the game. Come on. Uh, play we, the game. We had... Captain Kingpin, he's just put, what formation are you playing and why? Bully, going to go to you for this one. What formation are you currently playing? I'm playing 3-4-3 because... So standard. Um, again, so bogged. St- no, but there's a lot of goals in the strikers this season. They are on fire. No, like I said, in previous <clears throat> seasons, the midfielders have come up trumps, but this year, um, the main men up top, Kane is firing, Nakaku's firing, the City boys are firing, Lacazette's scored five now. You know, um, I, I think there's a lot of points to be made in the strikers and actually, perhaps more consistently than midfielders, I'm saying controversially, you know, KDB's doing it, but but not with a huge ceiling. Hazard was still waiting to fire. So I think at the moment, the money is best invested up top. Yeah, and Mika, what are you playing at the moment? Yeah, I'm going 3-4-3 as well. Uh, At the start of the season, uh, there were some arguments for five defenders, but I don't think that's viable anymore as the wingbacks are not providing. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I mean, like, you look at um, at the start of the season, I would say that it was viable having five, four. I started with four, and then I went to a rotation up to a, uh, from a 4-3-3 to a 3-4-3. Three, but now I'm just sticking on a three-four-three. Three. But that third striker, there's not many strikers there providing. You know, in that Vardy range or the cheaper striker, I don't see any real good options there. So I may be resorting to uh, putting five in midfield, like I did last season, because we do have a lot of options in that mid-price bracket of midfielders <laughs> at the moment. So I would say that. Uh, Putting five in midfielders is also a viable option. It just depends what works for you, really. I mean, like, all formations this season seem to be working. I know everyone's gone off the the wing-backs at the moment, but I would still say that they could be viable still. You've got the likes of Daniel still, uh, who who could provide a lot. Kalashnach still could provide with Bellerin, Ward as well. So there are still some options there. It just depends what what you fancy, really. Um, We do have another question from Kingpin as well. Top three defender options now that the wing-backs aren't providing good value. So which which top three defender options would you go for, if you could pick any, uh, Mika? My style of play is that I would normally get a defender for the clean sheets. Of course, those win-backs are changing the situation a bit. But still, I would get defenders for the clean sheets first and then look at the uh, attacking potential. Looking at that, I would go with one City defender, one United defender, and... Um, probably someone with good pictures for, let's say, Daniels after this current game week. Okay, that would be your, so it would be like Otamendi, Jones and Daniels would be your three, yeah? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Bully? As I was listening to that, I was just thinking to myself, well, United, if if we're talking about balancing the team, I still think Jones provides some of the best value in FPL. Otamendi is the man for, for City and he'll just keep playing. Again, attacking returns. And also, I've, I've mentioned him a few times, but Azpilicueta for Chelsea. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think they're a good chance there. Uh, moving on to the next one, we've got uh, Adam Gearin. Haven't heard from you for a while, Adam. Um, we've got Alonso and Davis moving forward. Persist or ship them? 12.8k 
could that be used better? Uh, yeah, I think both sh- ship them both really because Alonso not providing anything and two overpriced Davis rotation risk now. Uh, you're not 100% he's going to play every game. So yeah, for me, that's ship them. I'm sure you guys are going to agree with me. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Better, better and more consistent options out there. Yeah. Uh, okay, we've got FPL Herman has just put best replacements for uh, Davids and Jones. We seem to have a lot of um, defender questions. I, for one, don't get rid of Jones because he might not be injured. Uh, two, for Davis, it depends where you're going to go, whether you're going to go higher in terms of Otamendi or lower in terms of 4.5 options for Kiko Firmino, maybe Duffy, or even if you're willing to take a punt on Gomez, then these have all been listed in the podcast. Uh, this episode uh, we've got FPL Doctor seems to be asking a question every week now what to do with Lukaku I plan to hold as I see no better nailed on replacement Kaku's fixtures improve in game week 11 have Kane and Jesus well like we mentioned earlier Doctor you you know, you, you're not going to expect many points return. If you're just going to leave him in your team for these two games, I'd probably rather put that money elsewhere and then bring him back because we reckon that his price is going to dip down to 11.5, so you will probably won't lose any money on him. Got another one from FPL Sexy. He's just saying, is Trippier a thing? Only missed 100 minutes and really helps the team and especially Kane going forward. 5.7 and a great price. What do you reckon of Trippier, uh, Bully? Uh, again, just the rotation in the Spurs team is the only thing. I, I really like him as a player. Um, and I do think when he plays, he's always got the potential because of his crossing ability. Yeah. But Aurea always just worries me a little bit. I think you've got to pick your players based on a lot of safety in terms of, of these players. I know we can say the same about City, but they're just providing so many points. Whereas you're not guaranteed for a clean sheet and attacking return from uh, Trippier. So, yeah, I, I would stay away and probably either spread the money elsewhere. Mikkel, what do you reckon? Yeah, and it depends on your team. If you have too many uh, not starters or players that are uncertain to start, let's say the City attackers, Pedro, uh, maybe one 4 nil uh, defender that is not playing. You need players that are really nailed on starting. Is Trippier that? I don't know. Aurier is still lurking behind him, so I don't know. Uh, Trippier is providing pretty well. I saw some stats about him providing like four assists to Kane, and that is one of the best combinations in the league so far. So yeah, he's providing attacking stats, but I, I can't say he's starting. So hard call, hard call again. Yeah, another difficult one. It's just that, that that risk. I think in FPO you do try and minimise that risk as much as possible. And if you are taking a punt on a certain player, then it's not going to be the likes of a fullback. And I think it is a bit punty uh, whether he's going to start every game. Uh, that is it for Twitter. Uh, we did have one more from FPL Booster. He's just put his Arsenal attack back on. I think that's more of a wait and see rather than uh, giving a full answer. But w- in, with that front three which they've got, it could well be. But we're yet to see. But I, I have to say that if Sanchez starts scoring, it's going to change the whole FPL landscape yet again. Yeah. Because he's so pricey. People have to start shipping uh, third attacker out and start using 3-5-2 and stuff like that. So it's interesting. 
Yeah, I suppose that's what the advantage I've got in having Hazard at the moment is that I just need to find a little bit more money to change him to Alexis if that is going to become an option. So it's it's like Hazard's more of just a price holder for, for if if I can get Alexis in. Uh, but yeah, that's it for Twitter bully. Um, thanks for your questions, guys. Keep them coming for next week. Right. Uh, thank you for all your questions. As usual, really does shape the podcast. Tell us. Uh, Keep the questions coming. Let us know what you think of the podcast. And if you want to find out more about, about the Fantasy Football Surgery, you can contact us at, uh, well, you can go onto our website, www.fantasyfootballsurgery.com. You can find us on Facebook by typing Fantasy Football Surgery. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes uh, and also listen to us on SoundCloud. You can post us questions on Twitter at FF underscore surgery. We've got a growing uh, page there. We've got over 3,000 followers, I think, now. So lots of potential information and good, knowledgeable FPL managers to learn many things from. Uh, follow us on Reddit. If you do on there, please up the pod when you're there. Up the pod. Up the pod. And you can also email the Iceman with formal inquiries and attach uh, clip art and the like at ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com actually you can saying, also saying that, that if, if you're if you're advertising send me clip art then uh, yeah send me some clip art and i'll put it on our website if it's any good yeah so so that's specifically clip art we're clip looking for art, yeah clip art and, and maybe <laughs> like draw coming <laughs> and maybe maybe like some drawings of the Iceman or or join our mini league. Uh, you can do that by going to uh, the mini league and going one one seven three hyphen four double five. There are thousands of people in that mini league now. Join in, be the champion, and we'll see who's the best at the end of the season. I want to thank Mika for joining us again. Thank you for giving us your time, Mika. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you, Mika. Brilliant. Where can people contact you for advice on all things FPL? Uh, probably on Twitter. It's the easiest way. I'm pretty active around there. What's your? Uh, we'll, we'll link you on Twitter. But what is your whole, your um, handle? H U I P A S. Yeah, I'll, I think I did. I'll link that in the description. Yeah, and uh, thanks once again, Iceman. Yeah, cheers, Bully. Good luck in your game week. And from me, Bully, it's good luck in your game week. Club. I wonder how many people we got in this uh, mini league now. I think there's at least sixty. At so least like sixty. I'm, I'm on. I'm on nine hundred and fifty at the moment. Nine hundred fifty. One thousand. Well over one thousand. Oh, one thousand and twenty-two. He's not. Put, um, he's not. Uh, what? Why can't I find the word to say? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Sorry, I'll start again. Thought about Kane, but I th- uh, went with safe, safe option with Lukaku, like I normally do. Thought about Kane.
Thought about Kane, but 